Thank you, and uh, welcome back, team. We missed you. <laughs> Did we miss them or what? All right, welcome back. <laughs> Don't do that again. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> I have a message for you this morning, and I hope um, I hope that uh, you'll uh, be able to listen and. Uh, uh, Get the idea that, um, you know, even this last song that we, that we sang, that, you know, God is loving. God is loving. And uh, I want you to right now, just uh, if you have somebody next to you, just hit him a little bit with your elbow and say, God is loving. Okay? So the title of my sermon is, In Full Assurance of Faith. In Full Assurance of Faith. We don't see God, Right? I don't know if if you see God, you probably need some medicine. Uh, But the point is that God expects us to respond to Him as if He is seen, He's visible. He's seen as if He is walking next to us, as if He is constantly right there with us. And therefore, we are without any excuse that God is next to us, God is in us through His Holy Spirit, and God has given us His Word... And it, that's, this word has some amazing truths, some unshakable truths. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Three unshakable truths that guarantee my salvation and your salvation. Now, let's face it, we are not perfect, right? I know I'm, I'm probably, the, way, the reason I'm standing up here is probably more perfect than most of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, Rhea is uh, raising her eyebrows. Two eyebrows up. That's not good. <laughs> we'll have a discussion later. Okay. So, do you, do you have a doubt? Do you have a doubt your salvation? Do you ever feel like, you know what? You know, there's this pesky sin that is constantly on me. And I try to, I try to, I try to with all my might, I try to fix it. I try not to do it. I try to get away from it. I've done so many things. I prayed and I... I fasted and I read the Word of God and I talked to people and it just, it just won't go away, just constantly. And I'm, and I'm thinking sometimes it starts to feel like I'm not going to make it. And I read the Word of God and the Word of God says, you know, there's all kinds of choices for you, but if you keep on sinning, that's not going to work. And there's, you know, there's certain, not our denomination, not our theology here, but there's certain denominations that, that say that if you sin and you constantly sin, you're not going to make it. But I'm here to tell you that we have three unshakable truths that are historical, that are written, that have actually been tested and proven that God is not only loving, but God is forgiving. So much of the Bible and so much teaching, and yet we still fail. We still fall into that sin that so easily entices us, right? What is your comeback? How do you come out from that? How do you pat yourself on the shoulder and say, you know what? Tomorrow is another day. In fact, the Bible talks about 
as long as there is a day, as long as we're still alive, as long as Jesus Christ has not come back, we still have the open door of heaven. We still have the forgiveness of God himself. I'm glad you came this Sunday morning because I have good news for your struggle and my struggle. These three unshakable truths are right here in your Bible and my Bible. It's the Word of God. It's the guarantee of salvation that is your salvation and my salvation. First of all, it's the prophets that foretold this unshakable truth that God loves us. Prophets like uh, Isaiah, O Israel, I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me. I know if you remember your childhood days, but when I was a child and I was growing up with my family in, in Greece and I did something wrong, I didn't want to go home. <laughs> I just wasn't interested. <laughs> I knew what was, what was waiting for me. It was going to be basically the crisis, right? The, the moment where I had to now, you know, fess up and, you know, have to pay for my sins. <laughs> so I didn't want to go home. It was, it was not something that I wanted to look forward to. And so many times that we do the same thing, we... We turn our backs on God. The only person that actually loves us more than anyone else. The only person that has the key for our forgiveness and our repentance and our coming back, being restored in His family as a child of God. Not only did the prophets foretold it, but also the apostles witnessed it. They heard it. The thing that, that really blows my mind is that twice in the New Testament, the, the, the evangelists, the, the people that wrote the four Gospels, they're telling us that the disciples themselves heard the voice of God the Father. They heard the voice of God the Father saying that this Jesus Christ, this Rabbi that they were following was actually the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. They heard it with their own ears. And John, the beloved disciple, writes in his epistle, in his letter to the church, that that which we saw with our eyeballs, he uses the word in Greek that means eyeballs, you know, that this is a physical thing that we touch with our own hands, that we heard with our own ears. That is what we're telling you, the truth about who God is in Christ. So the apostles witnessed it, and John tells us the one thing they witnessed was that John, the last prophet of the Old Testament, John the baptizer, when he saw Jesus coming to be baptized in, Jordan, in the Jordan, he stops everything, starts to get out of the water, and points to Jesus. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. That takes the sins of the world. 
Wow. The last voice of the Old Testament starts an amazing revelation. That this Jesus of Nazareth, this prophet, this rabbi that nobody really knew about, Jerusalem was thrown into confusion when he, when he arrived and started speaking and the crowds were coming next to him, started making miracles, walking on water. I mean, this is who? Whose son is he? Where did he come from? Can we really believe in him? This was the Messiah. But the prophets foretold. And now the disciples were able to see and touch and discuss and have conversations with him and see the miracles firsthand on the front line and hear the conversation inside them through the Holy Spirit, understanding that this is my beloved son. This is my son, Jesus. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. But our theme this morning with the unshakable truths is that not only did the prophets foretold that there will be a Messiah and in between who would take on the sins of the people of God. But he will be a lamb of God. The third and most amazing unshakable truth that guarantees your salvation and mine is this. Jesus prayed it in the presence of his disciples on the night he was betrayed. He said, Father, I want those who have given me, you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory. You know that you are bound for heaven. Not just the 12 disciples, but all the disciples of Jesus Christ. All those who read or heard the truth about Christ and accepted Him as Lord and Savior. We will see the glory that God the Father has given the Son. And this glory... Jesus Christ says, is before the casting of the foundations of the world. There was a glory that was given to Christ before the casting of the foundations of the world. What does that mean? It means that before God the Father said, let there be light. Before the world that was amorphous and in an uproar and there was stillness in the dark. It was an awful, dreary place. A, a place that there was no joy. A place with no light. A place with no living thing. Before God said, let there be light and started everything. Something had happened. This is the amazing truth. This is the amazing mystery of God. Something happened that changed everything. Something happened that gave us this, remember I talked about a safety net a couple of weeks ago, that God did something that no angel, even Satan himself, had a clue about. He had set in motion something that would guarantee your salvation and mine. 
We guarantee your forgiveness. No matter how many times you, you sin, the same sin over and over again. No, no, your forgiveness and my forgiveness. This is a God that thought about everything. Why? Because the one picture that I want you to leave this morning with is this picture of the, in John, the apostle that Jesus loved. He says, The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain before the casting of the foundations of the world. Before God said, let there be light, what did he do? He sacrificed Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sacrificed in heaven before he was sacrificed on earth. God the Father knew what Adam and Eve would be up to. He knew ahead of time what was going to happen. He knew that there would be a flood to be able to cleanse the world of wickedness. He knew that even today in the 21st century, that we would still be living so many times under sin and trying to get rid of sin and not be able to get rid of it out of our lives. And we would have to constantly go to Him. So He knew, so that He put this amazing, amazing thing on top of everything, before anything was done, that Jesus Christ had already died, was already sacrificed as the Lamb of God, so that when John the baptizer saw Him, he knew, because that already had happened before. Before the, the time started ticking on this earth, on this planet, on the universe. So the prophetic word of John the baptizer rang true. He was telling the disciples who would tell their disciples and will tell basically us after the, after the written word of God that we are not just last minute thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh you know what? Oh, we better send Jesus right now so that we can fix this. Or oh, we better have Jesus die on the cross so we can get, take, take care of all the sin in the world. No, he already had died. The first act of God was to sacrifice His Son in the heavens. And you have this picture of the Lamb that was slain. There's a great scene in Revelation. God is judging the world. He's judging all of mankind of all time. But there's a problem. A book has to be opened so the judgments can start. Everybody has to get paid for what they've done. All the wicked people in the world, all the despots, all the barbarians, all those who have, have caused mankind to suffer, all those who, you know, from, from the, the wicked Cain, who killed his brother, all the way to the end of Revelation, to the end of the history that's going, still going on, that they are, there's a book of seals, sealed book. And that book is the judgment of God. But the point is that nobody can open that book. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be somebody that has the right qualifications to be able to open that book. 
And the revelation says that there is now silence in heaven. Everybody, it's a crucial time. Silence in heaven. Nobody's speaking there. Who's gonna, this kind of, oh, people are sweating there. The angels are sweating buckets because there's no one found to be able to open the seal, the seals of this book. But then John tells us, but there was one. Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain. He was worthy to open the seals and to have the judgment of God descend upon the earth. And you know that, church, that we are not part of that judgment. You and I, because we have put our hope in Jesus Christ, because we ask the Lord to be our Lord, to forgive us of all our sins, every time you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. There is no end to how many times you can do the same thing over and over again and not be forgiven. There's no such thing. You will always be forgiven. There is no way that God will ever say anything against that kind of pattern. Why? Because He's already given us His Son before the casting of the foundations of the world. You see that? Go all the way to the beginning and you'll find salvation. You go all the way to the end of time and you'll find salvation. All the way in between and you'll find salvation. There is no end of salvation. Worthy is the Lamb, starts the great song in Revelation. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and power forever and ever. How long would that last? Forever and ever. What does Paul write? Who is that? Who is the accuser for the brethren? Who shall separate us? from the love of Christ. You realize now why Paul writes that? Because the first act of God before He made the world, before He created humanity, was to actually secure our salvation. God secured our salvation because He appointed the Lamb of God to be slain it's the same idea. Remember the Exodus? Remember the people of God? When Moses was told by God that they need to sacrifice a lamb. On that night, when God would judge, would judge Egypt and Pharaoh and, and all that he did against his people. When God would free his people from the slavery of Egypt, he had them sacrifice a lamb and put the blood of that on their doorposts so that they, the angel of death will pass him over. And, he was, and they were passed over and then we see the, the great movement of God getting his people into the promised land. And then we see all the ins and outs, the prophets and the kings and all that, and all that mess. And at the end, thousands of years later, Jesus Christ appears 
in the form of a human being, truly human, truly God, and He actually takes on the cross and pays for our sins. But we all know now that that was already done in heaven. It already was completed, but it had to be done in time, right? It had to be done on earth because God was really caring for people that live in time and on earth like you and me. So next time you feel defeated, next time you feel like I'm losing it, next time you feel like I can't really defend myself before God now, how many times have I done this? How many times did I fall into this sin? How many times did I hurt the Holy Spirit? And you have to say to yourself, no, because there is a Savior. There is a Redeemer. And that Redeemer was sacrificed before God did anything else to create the heavens and the earth and you and me. Before you and I came out of our mother's womb, long before our ancestors were born, Jesus Christ already sealed the deal. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to kind of take a hold of your life this morning. And take all those pesky things that don't go away, your habits, your your, what you feel guilty about and ask the Lord, Lord, I'm just awestruck this morning that you have already pre-selected me. You already pre-judged me and then acquitted me because of what you've done through Jesus Christ, my Lord my Redeemer and my Savior.